We are doing recording this whole time. No, I just Ableton hit record. Today. Oh, you just hit record. Wow. We're doing Ableton well, today, guys. You were, there was very specific Ableton's on good. going through. I like Ableton. I got Ableton for free on my Scarlet. Oh, uh, the solo. light? The light? Ableton light? Yes. Yes. I knew that because I, I am a production person. I have Ableton Light too as well because I have the Scarlet. I told you to get the Scarlet. I know you get light You're right. with it. Yes. Yes, I definitely did. But it's so I actually cool. got it twice and I gave one of the keys away because I got the old 2i2 and it doesn't work with Windows 10. So I had to rebuy a solo. Straight up the box does not yep. work. I was like, it's got to be drivers, right? And we're like, nope. Actually, the whole box doesn't work with Windows 10, which is a real bummer. That's, That's how you terrible. Mac. Yeah, it's awful. Anyway, hello. Mac all day. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ralph Harris. I'm an important tech person. I'm not, but I'm cool. Over to my right, I have Greg Brooke. Greg? Hey, I'm Greg. I uh, do audio drumming and things. I uh, produce some beats. That sounds and, um, like a great Twitter bio. I made cookies. I made... Uh, you did make cookies. He is today. a fantastic yeah, cookie maker. It's unbelievable how good those cookies were. I have tried to not eat sugar like at all and i've been trying to avoid bread carbs and you ruined that for he me failed today. today it was real bad you're welcome yeah uh, the other one who's been talking over here to greg's right sean sean what's Goff. up and specifically to greg's right because that's what matters i'm sean Goff. <laughs> 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 i'm a producer and engineer out here and uh that's what i do excellent and we have a couple of guests today uh, i'll say the first one to uh sean's right and my left times two one space over it's victoria <laughs> victoria would you like to introduce yourself yeah, I'm Victoria, otherwise known as Greg's sister. Um, besides that, I am a classical clarinet clarinetist, uh, mainly orchestral music. Um, but I also really like pop music, so my friends invited me here. I think yeah, you're the only there. one with a like degree specifically in music composition, right? Not what composition. Did you graduate with? Well, performance, but performance, still, only one right? performance. Because you guys both got audio engineering degrees, obviously important. Well, I got a business degree. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but officially, the more <laughs> audio engineering classes than any other audio engineer and didn't actually get an audio engineering degree. Uh, Work officially, the, the first specific person to be on the show who has a degree in the relevant field of <laughs> <laughs> musical criticism. Yeah, sure. but my uh, thesis on Weber is probably not very important right now. So, <laughs> Fair, fair. And then uh, to her right and my left is Mariah Baith. Hi. Hi, Mariah. How are you doing? Good. Um, so I, I mean, I'm an artist. I'm a writer. I mainly do theater, uh, but I was heavily involved in music for a long time. Also, I'm Greg's ex-wife, but we've made peace. <laughs> uh, we should probably clarify that that's, that's not true. Not true. <laughs> Did our ten years mean nothing to you? It was ten? a semester in high school. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Did Talk you about get parents' signatures on that one? I don't know. His mom and I got really close. That's that's fair. Fair. Signatures that's and she was 16? totally in on it. What? That sounds like the plot of Romeo and Juliet. I don't think you need signatures if you're post 16 and you have a priest, right? No, you, you need signatures no. if you're not 18. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, that's bad. But, I mean, yeah. but his mom was 100% on board with uh, it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Anyway, this is the Just Vibing podcast. <laughs> we like to vibe. We like to vibe with fun themes. We're all having a good time. We've, we're actually in a cabin right now, which is hilarious because our theme is the best album to listen to while you're in a cabin. Is it because we're lazy? Is that why we picked this theme? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Not at all. Lack of we creativity, this ahead absolutely. Of time. Laziness, no. <laughs> no. We've of been jamming not. to music all week, so you know you're, you're in a cabin. Vibing. Vibing. Just so vibing. You, you gotta vibe somehow. <laughs> right. You gotta get that music rolling. I don't know what you're talking about, Sean. That was perfect. <laughs> Shut your filthy mouth. 
All right. But uh, we do want to say that obviously we're in a cabin. We are recording these on 50, 357s and a 58. So, so our quality our, uh, yeah. might not be quite as on par as it has been before. It is, it's not raining right now, but it has been raining. So I do apologize if some rain comes through. Sean decided to get a drink with a bunch of ice in it. <laughs> I would like to point out he's drinking a creamsicle, which for anybody who doesn't know is orange juice with whipped cream vodka. And he's very much enjoying it. But Proud of it. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is vacation. This is vacation, but that's why he's he has... something. <laughs> What was that? He's a that hurts something. me physically. <laughs> physically hurts me. We're going to move on from that. Overall, Hold I've been up. enjoying the uh, cabin uh, cabin event. I've not actually spent a whole weekend just in a cabin, especially not just, hey, I'm going to go hang out with friends at a cabin. So I've enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, I know that not... Has anybody else done this before? I think the last time I did this... I was literally like six years old. It was before we moved to California. So this has been a really great treat for me. Uh, that's <laughs> exciting. Greg and I were in a cabin about a year ago with our family. And was, there was a lot of snow. It was different. It was very different vibes. It was Because really, it was my parents. It was really <laughs> fun. Yeah. Um, we were with family. But it was also like 20, uh, two feet, three feet of snow outside. Um, and ice that was like two, three feet deep. But it was fun. We like snowmobiles and stuff. We got a sprinkle. I know. A we got like, ice. yeah, like a little bit, just enough to make you think like, how bad will these roads be? And then you go and you look and you're like, uh, I don't see any snow. It's, it's it's bad because we're in the middle of nowhere, not because of the snow. <laughs> no yeah. service whatsoever. You know, I but was yeah. in a cabin with my family. Uh, my family just sold the cabin at Big Bear Lake out in California. And uh, we did some skiing and snowboarding up there recently, and uh, I'm terrible at that, by the way. I end up on my butt most of the day, <laughs> and just feel like I'm about to die most of the time. But it was a good time. You know? So I'm glad I'm the only non-adventurous one who's never done this before. <laughs> good to learn. But it's been fun. It's okay. Mariah didn't remember the last time she did it, so. That's true. Also, uh, I do want to apologize. I have had weird sinus issues all weekend, so I probably sound super nasally might have been able to tell already so i apologize ahead of time for coughing or something but we'll see it's either nasally or barry manilow so <laughs> uh, yeah okay we're gonna call it your your low sexy voice it's gonna be okay we're gonna move on from that <laughs> so like we said <laughs> i don't know if my mom listens to this hi mom i'm glad you're listening sorry brenda <laughs> Like we said, this is the best <laughs> album to listen to in a cabin. And in particular, this was a theme that I think was just really obvious for, for us to do, not because we're lazy, but because we wanted to give ourselves creative license to think things through. Also, if we did best beach album today, it uh, would be very confusing. It would yeah. be. <laughs> it would have been fun, but it would be very confusing. It would be hard to get in the mood, I think. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, especially with the snow. But what do we There's think of? There's a pond of algae outside. We could go sit by that. If, for some if you beach want vibes. those diseases, you are welcome <laughs> to jump in that pond of algae. And then the album is best album to listen to while you're sick in bed. <laughs> it was or in the ER. <laughs> it was one of the only things that the Airbnb lady specifically told us several times was don't go swimming. Do not get into the lake. Don't get into the pond. Don't even think about it. <laughs> like, she must okay, have had yes, some ma'am. terrible guests last time. It is 33 like, degrees yeah. outside and raining. I don't think you have to worry about it. But now that you mention it... Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but when you're thinking about a cabin, I think that there are a few things that come up, right? A couple of things that we might feel about a cabin and things we want to listen to. 
Uh, what about you, Mariah? What do you feel when you think about a cabin? So anytime I imagine myself in a cabin and the two times I've ever been in one, well, the first time doesn't count because I don't have much to reflect on when I'm six, but um, I feel like the purpose of that is you're trying to get away, get um, a bit closer to the outdoors, get away from the city, all that, and it gives you time to reflect and really be introspective and think about your week or your month or whatever is going on in your mind at that time. So having an album or music that kind of cultivates those feelings and those thoughts, I feel like is really important. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of things we were thinking about when we came up with this. One of those was definitely introspective, and I think that relates a lot to the album that we picked today. Um, but a big thing for me is being chill. We we had some fun, like, blaring some music and dancing around, but I think as a whole, especially when we woke up this morning, uh, Victoria and Brian and I, because Greg and Sean were gone, but woke up and just read for, like, three or four hours. So having something that you can just plug into and relax and listen to I think is really important when you talk about albums that fit a theme for the cabin. Yeah, I fell asleep like an hour after I woke up again because I was reading and we had eaten. So I was like, well, peace out. <laughs> That's how Mariah reads. It's usually about an hour and then she's like, I'm out. Oh, you remember. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's more like 30 minutes for me. So, <laughs> Wow, rough. Right in front of your English major sister. I can't believe it. <laughs> she already knows this. Nothing new. <laughs> Uh, and so I think one of the other things that we talked about is when you're listening to an album that you think fits a cabin, you don't necessarily want something that is super dramatic, that is going to make you go all over the place on your feelings with massive dynamic changes and shifts. You want something, like we said, chill, maybe even a little monodynamic. I know, Sean, you had some, some thoughts about that. But um, most importantly, we want something that's cohesive. Right. We want something that's going to let you sit down, listen to it from beginning to end and really let it tell its own story. I think yeah. I think another thing that's uh, inter uh, important as well is something that's, as you said, like vibes, but also a little bit more on the minimal. I feel like the idea of a cabin is kind of to get away, to unplug a little bit, to be around nature. Even if you're in a cabin, usually they're made out of wood. We're literally surrounded by lots of wood paneling and um log cabin-esque feels so it feels very like close to nature even as we're sitting inside while it's pouring raining yeah i feel like when i'm on vacation is the only time i have to listen to something deeply multiple times start to finish um i live in chicago as so i commute on the train so if an album is longer than my 30 minute commute i'm not going to listen to it completely <laughs> so i love albums that kind of like tell a story and like reference each other throughout the piece musically and uh, thematically so that's important to me for cabin homes. Yeah, and you can you can listen to something that that's a little more introspective, and that you can like actually sit down and, and, and think about and get in the mood of that album because you have the time to do so. You're chilling on a couch in front of a fire, which we haven't done a fire yet, but probably as an Airbnb, if there was a fireplace, they removed it. That's probably fair. So, like on that note, that we've all agreed about what cabin music is. Fun fact about the album that Ralph is going to introduce, the artist actually said when making it, her whole point was that she wanted to sing, she wanted to sing, but she wanted to think. Yeah. And I mean, the album that she's talking about, it's Control by SZA. It's actually CTRL by SZA, which I messed up when I was looking for it. I was like, I feel like I, I know what this album is called, and I couldn't find it because <laughs> I forgot it's CTRL. But yeah, it's it's a really big deal. And I guess Greg found out beforehand that there was a song recorded in, uh, it was like a lake house in Michigan. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the the main single, uh, uh, Love Glore, um, is was recorded in a lake house in Michigan. There's like no studio name, and um, so it's interesting. She worked with a bunch of producers from Chicago and LA, and she's from St. Louis. So like she has a a Midwest root. So it makes a lot of sense that like she went on a retreat to go songwriting, and they wrote the song and recorded it in a cabin. Yeah, hey, it's surprisingly fitting. I don't think yeah. any of us knew that when we picked the album, but you know what? Fun fact <laughs> as we go through it. Um, we've got a few songs here that we want to talk about. Does anybody have any last thoughts I want to talk about before we dive into it? No? All right. Well, then our first song that we've got here is called 20-something. We've got a few. We're probably going to start from the back and work forward, but let's give it a listen. How you always say you was moving forward? Honesty hurts when you're getting older I gotta say I'll miss the way you need me, yeah. Why you ain't say you was getting bored? Why you ain't say I was falling short? How you leave me out so far away? How could it be 20-something all alone still? Not a thing in my name Ain't got nothing running from love All in no fear Running from love, wish you were here. Oh. Stuck in them 20 somethings. Stuck in them 20 somethings. Good luck on them 20 somethings. Good luck on them 20 somethings. God bless these 20 somethings. Hoping my 20 somethings won't end. Hoping to keep the rest of my friends. Praying the 20 somethings don't kill me. Yeah, so that was 20-somethings by SZA. It's one of the things that I love the most about this album is that she's very good at telling a whole story within a single song and really getting out a specific emotion. There are a lot of songs that we've listened to and we've talked about that get a real general emotion, but the specific evocation of a feeling or idea or worry, she nails pretty well on this, and it's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorites on the album, for sure. I think it's uh, interesting, too, uh, at the beginning. This is the last song on the record. At the beginning of it, it starts with very similar production um, at the start of the song, as pretty much as the, song, as, as the last song goes through all the way. Um, but it kind of wraps the whole album back up. And I feel like the top of the album starts uh, with Supermodel. It's kind of more superficial, and this one is looking a lot deeper into herself. So, like arcs of the album um, are go up and down but this is like a really cool ending of like looking deep into who she is as being a 20 something for sure I think that it's very age appropriate <laughs> I mean it's really hard to talk about how we're not we're all 20 somethings here and so for us it does resonate in a way that it won't for other people either being younger or older it's very specific the things that she worries about as being a 20 something yeah I thought one of the coolest parts of the album for me listening to it start to finish was her use of intros and outros as transitions. So in a couple other pieces you hear this woman speaking, um, just kind of like that in the piece, and you get that again at the end of 20-something, and you actually hear Scissor respond back, because it, it kind of sounds like someone's talking on the phone. You, you hear her respond back and call her mom, or mama. And so you catch that, oh, this voice we've been hearing the whole time is her mom. And it's this conversation they're having about 
you know, lack of control or wanting to feel like you have control in your life, even when you're 20 something. And I think the fact that it's her mom crossing that generation makes it really powerful in a way because it's not just something we feel as 20 somethings in 2019, but something that 20 somethings have felt for generations. For sure. Sean? No, that's, that, that's about it. I mean, again, the, the book in talking with her mom where she starts the conversation then there is uh what song was it i, th- I think it was uh is it, is it gina that she has the other talk with her mom in it she has talks with her mom and her grandma throughout the entire gotcha. album but yeah so anyways the, it, it bookends with the the beginning of the conversation end of the conversation and it lets it it lets the album loop very smoothly because of that including the the like the guitar part which is very similar between first and last songs <laughs> Also, this song, the the twenty something. Yeah, I, th- I think it's super relatable. Honestly, I'm I'm, I'm a little a little mad because I just wrote a song about tw- being in the twenties and having this exact emotion. And I guess that wasn't an original concept. <laughs> Weird. Other people feel Man. the same things. <laughs> so I, maybe or maybe not. Will you see that in the future? <laughs> It's also really cute. That's all I was going to say is that the way that she says that was beautiful, mom. I think it's just a really, it's really adorable. You can tell that she loves her mom. Absolutely. Also, I will clarify, I'm like 90% sure it's her grandma. It could not be, but I'm pretty sure because that was a big. How dare you be possibly wrong on the internet? I'm just clarifying. (laughs) Um, It's credited actually to mama and, or mommy and mommy uh, on the first and last song. So. Well, I know those two are her mom. I'm saying the other, there's another uh, interview there's an that goes on throughout there. Gotcha. And she has some of the best lines. But anyway, um, I, you know, Ralph, you brought up that she pinpoints very specific emotions. And I feel like it's, we talked about it being relatable, but specifically to all this unknown. Like she starts off the entire song in the first verse saying like, why didn't you tell me this? Why couldn't you be clear with me? Why couldn't you be honest with me? You know, and it talks about these unknowns that everyone struggles with. And I think it's beautiful because it sucks you in right immediately to this relatable topic where you're just like, oh, this is exactly how I feel. And we've talked about that. But anyway, specifically the unknown, I mean. Yeah. I I mean, as much as we joke that it's relatable because we're all 20 somethings, there's a very specific line in here that stuck out to me the first time I listened to it, which is hoping to keep the rest of my friends, which all of us have known each other, I mean, like in this room, at least 10-ish years, I think nine at this point, for most of us, and it's about to be, if not, let's see, 2008, yeah, 10 years, 10 years we've known each other, and been various states of close, not close, but at this point, we're all pretty close friends, enough to fly around or drive eight hours down just to spend a weekend in a cabin, and it's it's heartwarming to have a bit of an answer there, right? Her, she has a question. I'm hoping to keep the rest of my friends. And it's really nice to look around and know that that's true. But also remember that that's not a question I've had a good answer for most of the time. It's not always easy to think about that and think about where you're going to be with these friends in 10 years, right? And it, yeah, it just sticks really, really well. Because honestly, most of the friends, I mean, they... A lot of friends have dropped away since then and it's not intentional it just kind of happens because life gets busy and it's and you have to make an intentional move to hang out with people when you're not in a school with them constantly and like oh you're in the same dorm as me it's fine like moving past that like now two and a half years out of college it's like you have to make an, an intentional move 
to keep the friends you have and reach out to the friends you have, and if you don't, it, it feels like they're slipping away. And that's a natural part of life, but it also doesn't feel great, and it feels like your community's dropping away, and I think the song really nails that, that feeling in that sense. Yeah, I mean, 80% of us in this room moved halfway across the country, away from all the people we went to high school with, and it doesn't matter when you go back and visit, you never have enough time to see everybody. And so you automatically prioritize, either it's because the people who have time for you or the people that you have the time to make for, and you start to lose those other people, even if you don't necessarily want them. People change, they move on, it's healthy, it's normal, but that doesn't make it hurt any less in a way that this song really nails super well. And even when we're not talking about friends, we're talking about relationships, There was I was in a wildly different relationship point early into my 20s than I was now. And so thinking about where those questions go and where they lead you and where you're going to end up is wildly different. I think almost all of our parents were married by this time, if not with kids. And it's not necessarily the same for us. <laughs> and by that, I mean, it's absolutely not the same. <laughs> that was similarity. <laughs> and and it's, it's a very relatable feeling. And we've said that a lot, but it's... It's one of the biggest takeaways from this specific song. What Ralph is trying to say is that he is single. In fact, in this last song, he just, he just got a, a match on Tinder while we were listening. So, ladies. Hey. hey. Ralph Harris. I thought my phone was on silent and it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> it just buzzed. I would just like to point out something really small about the song, too, is that yeah, again, we've been talking about how relatable it is, but even to the point of stupid things that we freak out about in our head, like she says, still 20-something, don't have a phone in my name. And you're like, that's so true. They're, like, <laughs> we freak out about all these little things of like, wait, but I don't have this and I don't have that. You know, all these other people had this. And we compare ourselves to an older generation or somebody else we went to high school with or whoever. And it's so, it's so silly because it's so <clears throat> unimportant and it's unnecessary to do that to yourself. But she vocalizes that in a way that is not comfortable for most people to actually vocalize. And I would say that a lot of this album, for the introspective songs at least, maybe not the less introspective ones, but for introspective songs, it's very relatable. It's one of the things that she nails super, super well, is just making it easily understandable. We talked a lot back when we were talking about Mayday Parade, how it's very easy to write something and try and make it super flowery, use a lot of big words and be super poetic. And that can evoke an emotion. You can. But also there's a really good way to write something that's very plain and open and honest in a way that's very real and can relate to you specifically. And it, that's, I think, the thing that I love the most about the little clip with her mom is that she... I'm, I don't know what kind of person her mom is, but her mom is very clearly being open and honest here. Like, I don't care if I don't have control because I can't let go of that. I can't let go of the idea of control because beyond that is nothing. Beyond that is me just spiraling into whatever this abyss is going to be. And it, that's, it just hits. Hits right at home <laughs> in a really, really close way. I'm going to go a little music nerd for a second. But what I appreciate about the song, it added to the... Um, How dare you be a music nerd? <laughs> the the, the, the mu uh, minimalism we talked about with cabin music. So the whole piece, the whole song, I should say, um, two chords. And she just goes back and forth, one, five, one, five, one, five, until one moment she slips in something else. But it's so subtle because it's still in the key, um, which is just think of the past. For a moment she changes, but besides that she's just hanging out in like something really steady, something really controlled, 
So like, even though, so maybe this is not what she meant when she wrote it, but even though she can't control all these things that she's questioning, she can control her music. Yeah. Hey, see, that's what happens when you get somebody who knows what they're talking about on the podcast. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that's the podcast, guys. I think uh, yeah, we can see anything else. And, We're good. Um, and now uh, Victoria's going to take over for us. Yep, now this is now Just Vibing featuring Victoria. Forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I think that We've said a lot about 20-somethings. If Does anybody have anything else they want to say? All right. We've got another one. Uh, we hit all of the relatable ones, so I'm sorry if you were looking for us to dissect. Uh, what is the, what's the dove one? I forgot. I don't have it over here. Um, doves in the wind. Doves in the wind. If you're looking for us to dissect doves in the wind, I'm sorry. Probably going to be a little disappointed <laughs> because the next song we're going to do is Normal Girl. Let's give it a listen. SZA. I feel like we can't really start this with me giving an anecdote, so I'm going to toss it off to one of the two ladies to talk first. Okay, so this m might be my favorite song on the album. It's still open for debate. I can be persuaded. But what I liked about this one, we talked a lot about relatability with 20-something. Um, I feel like it's a very relatable concept, but she presents it in such a fresh way um, for women to feel like they want to be this girl that everyone likes, their boyfriend likes, or their partner likes, their partner's parents like, their parents like, their partner's friends like, um, but doesn't really focus in on like, do I like myself? And then she gets into another part, um, the, the partner wants her to be aggressive, like you like it when I'm aggressive, and you like it when I'm sexual, um, but I also wanna be a normal girl, and kind of plays it out like you can't be both. You can't be this normal social girl that fits in while also being this like sexually empowered woman until the most beautiful moment I think at the end of the song um, she instead of saying she wants to be a normal girl she addresses normal girl head-on she says normal girl what do you say now we own the world so you can kind of take this a couple ways um, either embracing that she's not a normal girl uh, or stating that like uh, a movement in 
feminism today of owning yourself and loving who you are, that's the new normal girl. Yeah, I think just kind of piggyback on that. Um, I think it's super, super interesting and amazing how she spends her verses talking to or about her partner saying like you like it when I do all these things and even she says like say why like under I don't understand and it's kind of like that moment of if you've ever I mean I feel like Victoria's probably experienced this probably everyone has at the table but like there's a lot of movies will kind of paint this picture of a, when a guy's like so in love with the girl all he has to do is just like look at her while she's smiling and while she's looking away and it's that moment of like why are you looking at me I don't understand what's going on but it's that feeling that she's captured in these verses but it's only in the verses all the pre-choruses and the choruses are all about her own struggle of like well I'm still not enough and all this like I just want to be a normal girl I want to be someone that your friends like you know like we said I want to be someone that my dad would be proud of but she doesn't like it doesn't it, it, it doesn't inform the rest of her chorus and pre-course because it's her internal dialogue right so it's like you like it when I do this but I'm still hearing that I'm not good enough even though what you're saying is positive positive. and I feel like that's a huge struggle for women because we're constantly from a young age told that we have to be every which way and yet we still can't find the time to like ourselves or even if we do we're put down for it it's like that whole dichotomy of a woman's mind in so many ways yeah, there's a the second to last uh, uh, verse is really really good. The, this time next year I'll be living so good. Won't remember your name, I swear. Of again, we talked about this in the last one. It's going to come up a lot. She tells a s- story, micro story, in every song from beginning to end of her progression. She has the topic at the beginning, lays it out, talks about it, analyzes it. Doesn't necessarily come to a conclusion, but does come to a resolution of hey, you know I'm never going to be that person I might wish that I was but I'm never going to be a normal girl and I never was to begin with and it doesn't matter because normal girls don't aren't they aren't the thing anymore you know like they're losing the spotlight they're not becoming the thing that everybody wants and it's yeah it's it's good and I mean she comes to the I mean conclusion I, I don't know who she's addressing necessarily at the end I feel like she's moved past wanting to be the normal girl in that last stanza and she says like wait on yourself because you can figure your way out why do you a normal girl why do you babe so she's like why are you trying to cater to all these expectations be yourself because you can figure it out in the end and i think that's the healthiest conclusion she could have come from come to amidst all that junk up front that she was going through for sure yeah I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. <laughs> it was so uh, important. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I mean, it's talking about the song musically is it, still good too, right? Like the song grooves really well. It's got a really good kind of driving beat to it. It's got a great percussiveness to it that's super fun to listen to. Fantastic. I really like the beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic production. And they're not afraid to break it down to like bare bones a couple times when like the groove is fantastic love the drum beat and all that stuff but a, a couple times they just ah, we're gonna cut it and go straight to like just that uh roadsy piano bell thing something some kind of reed piano instrument and it's just like oh that's chill oh that's super chill and then it cuts just to straight vocals and she's got a fantastic voice it sounds great but uh, yeah it's the most one of the one of the more dynamic songs on the album go for it greg sorry 
on this whole album, they do a really good mix of mixing in R&B, uh, like, super chill stuff, with then also influence of, like, indie rock with a little bit of the guitar we're hearing, some of the more melodic stuff behind it. Um, but also even in the beats going all the way into hip hop and even earlier in the album, they get into like trap beats and stuff too. So it's a really cool blend of taking a lot of different genres and throwing it all together. Um, also what we were talking about normal girl, um, like I think another word that's like less poetic that like normal, that would also be like, instead of normal girl, it's like perfect girl, like trying to be the perfect person, trying to expect, live up to everyone's expectations but not willing to be yourself. And normal girls, that might be an easier word to sing, might be just different perspective on it. Um, but I think that could be another word. I think you're teasing out a really important thing, that perfection has been equated with normalcy. Yes. Like, like that's the perfect girl, but she sees it as the normal girl. So something that I remembered what I wanted to say. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can we, can we cut you off real quick so no, I want your head exposed? <laughs> <laughs> Mariah was over here, like, wiggling. <laughs> when she figured out because what she was going to say. Because I forgot what I was going to say twice. And so when it finally did come back and stuck, I was like, huh. Anyway, with this type of song, um, any female empowerment song, it's so easy to bring out a bad guy. You know, it's so easy to make it about how a guy was putting you down or how your parents were putting you down. And in this, there's not that. In these verses, when she's talking about her person or to her person, they're not saying anything negative. They're saying encouraging things. They're being very specific about what they do like about what she brings and her authenticity. But it's at the end of the day... It's her internal your, struggle, struggle. Right, and it's that my insecurities could still win out. And that is huge because that's not vocalized as much. Whereas it's so easy to listen to a female empowerment song or any type of personal empowerment song when there is a bad guy to be like, yeah, you know, forget them. You're your own person. You have value. It's easier to combat that. But when it's you're listening to someone say intimate, positive things about you and you don't feel like that resonates, even if it's true, if it doesn't resonate, your insecurities will win out almost every time. And that's such a specific and unique struggle to highlight that I have not heard highlighted this specifically in a song before. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I've certainly been guilty of this on both ends of telling somebody like, well, you shouldn't care. Like, why do you care? Or even in a relationship that I've been in with a partner of like, I don't care about these things and I don't expect them from you. So why do you expect them? You shouldn't, right? Which is disregard somebody's internal struggle entirely, right? Like I've been guilty of that. And so this song lays that out of not talking about anybody in particular, although she does later talk about moving on and not caring anymore and letting it go. It, that could just as easily be skewed into like, I don't care about being a normal girl anymore. I'm going to forget the name of a normal girl. I'm going to move on and be myself, right? Like it, it can easily be skewed into that double meaning because this is so encapsulated within her it's a conversation with herself she's talking about her idealized version of herself on one side and she's on the other and she's talking to this person and trying to reflect about like why she can't be that idealized person it it touches on a, on a thing where like if you're fr from a just like giving advice to to friends basically um when you're giving life advice you got to be able to separate the feeling from the logical progression of an event so like, no, you shouldn't have to feel this way. No, you, it's not your responsibility to be torn up over this happening, whether it be a breakup, whether it be something that happened in a relationship and all that, but that doesn't change how people feel about it. 
you can know that that's not your fault. You can know that it's not your problem. But people are going to still feel something on that, and that is just as valid. And it's not helpful, or it's not as helpful to say, no, you shouldn't feel that and leave it at that, or no, you shouldn't be seeing it this way and leave it at that. It is helpful to be, no, you shouldn't be thinking of it this way, but I know that's not how it feels, and so yeah. I'm here for you in that feeling. And that continuation doesn't happen a lot of times when you're having a conversation with a friend. Yeah, and I mean, what we talked about how it was a really healthy way to end the song, because one of the things that the song acknowledges is that you can't control how you feel, but you can control how you react, right? Like, you can control how you act going forward, but it doesn't <coughs> invalidate or prevent you from feeling the things that you felt before. Right, and that's super important to highlight. It's a heavy one. Mm -hmm. I do want to point out, going back just a little bit, all of this is very relatable. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a thing we're going to harp on a lot. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to come together a lot. So um, sorry in advance that we keep talking about it, but it's one of the reasons why this is such a good album for all of us. All right, do we have anything else we want to say about Normal Girl? All right, well, we're going to get a little bit lighter, at least something more fun. Yeah. And the next one that we have is Go Gina. Go Gina. <laughs> Let's give it a listen. Shall you in introduce this? Yeah, right? let's start. Of course. Hey, that was prom, or that was Gogeta. <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. Yeah. <laughs> that was Gogeta by SZA. We might have had a slight tangent about how great the Beatles' name is, but you know, we won't get into that now. And how Sean loves them with every fiber of his being. Every fiber of Listens his being. to them every morning. <laughs> but yeah. There's some very specific background in Gojina. Um, some very specific references uh, that I'm going to openly admit I'm not familiar with. So I'm going to lean on some of these other guys to help illuminate me. Um, why don't you start, it off, start us off, Mariah? Okay. Well, the title, Gojina, she's talking about... Okay, I can't remember her last name because I didn't really watch the show, but I know enough. Um, Regina from Martin. She was married to Martin. And she was a really influential um, African-American woman character uh, because she had... like She just was. Like, her... She was such a different dynamic to Martin. Martin Lawrence, the comedian who's goofy and was just awesome. But anyway, she's super influential. Um, 
and so that's a big part of this song for me i feel like it specifically ties in because she was such her own person gina was her character was very specific and very open and strong and honest and to me that this song is a huge stream of conscious about who you are and how you evolve as or who she is and how she evolved as a person probably i'm assuming we're talking about SZA. she's since she wrote it but um <laughs> i feel like a that's safe assumption that's relatable you know in the sense of how that ties in together yeah i'm not gonna lie when i first listened to it i was like did she have a friend named gina I didn't oh, get it. Gina from Martin. <laughs> it was also like we what were all born in 92, 94, five. 5, 93. Three. And this show was in like 91, 92. I think that it ended in 95 maybe. Yeah. I don't know the specifics, but it was t- like a little bit ahead of our time. Yeah. I just know about it because I know Martin Lawrence. The, actors, uh, the actress's name is uh, Tisha Campbell. Campbell. Tisha Campbell. Campbell. What are, what are, I'm just reading, got a reading the internet. Just Tisha reading the internet. In him. Yes. yes. Tisha yeah. Campbell. And she's done a lot of other stuff, but mm-hmm. that was what her, she was originally really awesome for. Um, and then she does have one little other 90s reference where she says, much too cool for seventh grade, and it's referencing, um, what was the name of the show? I can't It was a oh. 90s um, cartoon about a redhead. She like she was too cool for school. What was her name? Uh Pepper. Pepper. Pepper Ann. Pepper, Pepper Ann. Ann. That's it's from the. She has a deep I was reference thinking to Kim Possible, so no, I was not that, on the same vibe at all. Not the nineties. Kim Possible. No. Pepper Ann. Pepper Ann, man, that was like a uh, Nickelodeon, I think. Yeah, it was. And it was way, it was long way ago. old. That was like, yeah. Look, Saturday morning cartoons on cable. Yeah. Most of the nineties, I was watching Xena Princess Warrior and Star Me Trek. Too. So. Well, not Star Trek, but Xena Princess Warrior. Oh my god. <laughs> So when I first listened to you, Gogina, I was like, groovy, I like it, but I didn't really understand the reference. I would, again, I was like Ralph thinking, like, does she have a friend named Gina? Um, but See, that being assumption. said, I think even though it's not my favorite song on the record, I, it has some of my favorite moments, like the little uh, bike bell sound just throughout the whole whole song. Super cool. I love it. And then there's a couple times I mentioned her intros, outros that are so seamless. She's got an awesome string outro that just... Seamlessly introduces Garden, the next uh, song, which yeah. I really appreciate her attention to detail with that. Because um, the the strings aren't really in Gojina, it's not really part of the song, but they just seamlessly blend the two. <coughs> the production value is really high on this. Um, it grooves really well, and it kind of transitions between verse and chorus really smoothly. It's got it's easy listening. I mean, when we're talking about things like the best album to listen in the cabin, it easy listening is important right you don't want anything that's going to be jarring and loud like i'm not going to pick dream theater to listen to in a cabin because i'm not looking to stress myself out while i'm relaxing for the weekend and so i think the song does exemplify that pretty well of you can just play it it goes through you kind of hum it a bit when it's in the background sing a little bit let it kind of transition out tells its own story ralph has has changed a lot i would have said in high school that would have been his first album to choose to listen to in a cabin would be dream theater in high school, I was maximum edge. Maximum <laughs> edge. 
If it was edgy, it was me. <laughs> we had a twin day and we decided to dress up goth, Sean and I. I wore a dog collar, an actual dog collar with black lipstick that. and black nail polish. And I thought I was so cool. And going back terrified. to the, the previous episode reference, that was when he also straightened his hair, <laughs> which y'all still need to see the picture hey, of. Hey, stop telling people to look it up, you weirdo. Which I'll post straight- it on my Twitter later. I straightened his hair. It took like three hours. Not not for the goth not day. Not for the goth. But, but I was. Prom day. I have had to do it multiple times. You did. Do it that does for take prom. a very long time to straighten my hair. Yes. You did it multiple times, <laughs> specifically. Yeah, that goth day, I dyed my hair black because I thought it'd be fun, and then my hair is more blonde, so it washed out green. And it stayed that oh way no. for quite oh, a time. Oh, I remember oh, that. No. Oh, oh, no. You know what? It's not as bad. We had a buddy named, uh, we'll call him Jay, and he tried to dye his hair like uh, pink, and it came out like brown orange. Oh, it was goodness. awful. It was so awful. And then he tried dyeing it again, and it, it just kept getting worse. And it turned yeah. into a bowl cut. It was great. He, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was bad. It was real bad. Um, then he just let it grow long, and now it's short again. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Sometimes it's for the best. <laughs> so getting back to Gogina for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a song. I'm so glad you, you're welcome to the podcast, Victoria, where we get off topic every 10 seconds. I was mentioning some of my favorite little tidbits of the song, and one of them is uh, one of my favorite lyrics. Just It's so clever. Picking up a penny with a press on is easier than holding you down. I don't have much else to say about it. I just think it's great. It's clever. I also love alliteration. Technically, I think this is consonants, but anyway, uh, we all colloquially notice it as alliteration. Um, but because consonants is with consonants, consonants is repeating the piece. Penny with but a press. That's within the word versus alliteration is definitely straight yeah. up the start. All right, cool. Yeah, I got it wrong. On this one. Yeah. Hey, I'll trust English, English majored major. right there. Hundred percent. Either way, I love it. Um, that new Spider-Man trailer says, "Hi, I'm Peter Parker here to pick up a passport." It's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> See, also everybody even forgot about it. <laughs> you don't know that it hasn't come out yet. It's a, it's the trailer it's for the new one, Far From one. Home. Oh, never mind. Yeah, in the Far From Home, he's like, "Hi, I'm Peter Parker here to pick up a passport." And I was like, "Oh, I missed I that." I just died. I was like, "That's so good." <laughs> I'm the opposite on that in puns. I hate puns, but if you get some good alliteration in there, I am on the fuck aboard. <laughs> I, I'm a hundred percent the same way as you, Ralph. I cannot stand puns. But a good alliteration is very satisfying to listen to. Don't do it. Puns don't. are the upper echelon. Echelon. How do you say it? I don't know. See, echelon. you already fucked it up, exactly. so it's fine. You can't say it anymore. Puns are fantastic. <laughs> a good pun, you know, it yeah, makes see, my day. See, that's the thing, though. They're usually awful puns. If right, they're really right, good, but well If you have a good puns, pun, that means you thought about that for quite a while and thought about how terrible it could be, and you just leaned into it. No, see, good puns come in subtly like a thief in the night and then when you realize them 10 minutes later you're like oh that was a good pun the Bo puns Jack that you Horseman. think are good see those are good but the puns that you think are good the ones that you say are all terrible awful cheesy puns that make me want to die <laughs> and you know really f- interesting about cheesy um don't even know Greg, this uh this record Greg? it wasn't cheesy at all um there was a lot of really Specific. <laughs> Sean just got up and walked away. 
You made the person talking about puns walk away. That's how much it hurt us to hear, Greg. It wasn't, so a, it wasn't a pun. This. I was just trying to bring us back yeah. onto the rails because we were about trying to cut 5, back to yards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mic drops are terrible. Um, <laughs> don't do them. They sound bad. Uh, oh, so what I was going to get at, though, is like the production was really interesting on this song, but also on the whole album. We were hitting on it a little bit earlier, um, but there's a lot of things when she was recording this, uh, she dug into a lot of different influences and really kind of grabbed hold of trying to grab influences from the 40s and the 80s from different singers and songwriters, everyone from uh, uh, jazz singers to um, 90s R&B singers. Um, and she kind of at one point got like, ev- like it was it turned into too much. So she was doing demos, and it's crazy when you uh, read these things and you're like, oh, this person was in the studio. Oh, this person was chilling out the studio, and you're like, okay. So Rick Rubin, one of the all time craziest producers, was just chilling, listening to her demos. He had nothing to actually do with the recording of this, but for some reason was just there. Um, but they were talking, and there's this quote that uh, Rick Rubin gave to her when he was listening to the demos. And he said, um, the more you take away from any piece, the more room you create for everything else to be beautiful and grow. I never felt that uh, before the editing urge. Once you strip everything down, you're forced to say something. I really like how he said, once you strip everything down, you're forced to say something. I feel like she does that all the way through the record where she gets these bigger parts and then strips them down. She, She has, you know more interesting things that she starts building, but it never gets too much. She's writing these R&B things and like classic R&B like has strings, has full bands, has all this stuff. But this like keeps everything more at a minimum pace. Um, so I just, I thought that was really interesting. And then it goes through on uh, this track as well. And th- sorry. I think there's something to be said of just production technique in general. That is a fantastic way to pr- produce a record because I've had it explained to me that when something is not as good in in the song, um, a mixer told me this at one point, you throw a grenade, you throw some production <laughs> element that is ridiculously distracting so that it distracts from the not-so-great moment. And, like, this record, super stripped down, minimal, stands on its own because she is saying something and every element has its place. And that's... And honestly, that's where, that's where I, those are the best albums to me, are when there's maybe like three or four things happening at a time, and maybe a couple things happening together to create an atmosphere, but every single part stands on its own, and has its place, has its purpose. Anyways, that's my soapbox, sorry. That's that's awesome. Uh, I just want to bring it back to the lyrics, because that's what I have to contribute to this. Okay, Um, can I interrupt you real quick? I want to finish something from Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all I was going to say is that we're coming off of like a really huge technology high with music of like technology has never been better. And then it turns around the opposite of like when you can do everything, doing less is more. When it's not a competition for like what we, can we do, when you have all of the options, then all of a sudden using every option becomes way less important. And it, I think that speaks really well in this album. Sorry, continue. So I touched on this a bit earlier, um, but I'll bring it back around. These lyrics probably, I know we've talked about her being really relatable, but that wasn't a huge note on this song. But I think for me, 
one of the reasons I love this song is because for me specifically, the stuff she says is extremely relatable because she's unapologetically independent. She's unapologetically herself and she just is honest and it's almost like a stream of consciousness. It doesn't, it doesn't really have a hook. The hook is there once. Um, and then she just keeps talking about who she is and what's important to her. You know, when she says, it's same me, it's old me, you know, same shit. And that's something that I can really relate to because it's almost like this entire, this little song, because it's super short too, it's not very long. Um, the entire thing is like you know, this idea of she's been this person and all she's done is evolve forward. You know, it's like, and I relate to that because probably all of you guys can agree, you were all with me in high school. Um, I feel like that is super relatable to who I am because I've always been very, very much the same person. I just feel like my colors get bolder as I get older. You know, I don't really change as much as it's, it is this weird type of evolution, whereas some people make like a 180 change. And so this song really stuck out to me as really talking about that. Like she's just getting bolder with herself, with her own colors that have always been there. And that's really important to me. Yeah. Uh, English major older and bolder. That's consonants. That's a rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> what is consonants then? I need somebody to explain it to me. Consonants is when you're using the same consonant sound in multiple words, but it doesn't have to be the beginning of the word. Oh, it can just be anywhere in the word? Yeah. So if you've got like so five like words, all like a c- 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 I wasn't necessarily wrong. It's just also alliteration. Like the other one, when it's all at the beginning, that's still consonants. It's just also alliteration. It's both. I guess. You know, it's been a while since I've been quizzed <laughs> on this. Ralph, this is this is why our English teacher in high school liked me better than you. <laughs> you know what? Our that senior English teacher likes me better than you. So you know what? You want to get on that train? That might be we'll why a majority of people in general from our high school like Sean. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> I'm never inviting high school friends onto this podcast ever again. <laughs> And this was the last podcast of Just yeah. Live. Well, See you guys. okay. So that was the last time Ralph ever talked to Mariah. <laughs> uh, as I mean, as we talk about things like high school and very specific, specific moments where she evokes a feeling of something at a very specific time in history. I mean, obviously, Gogina is talking about a very specific time in her life in junior high where she was watching this or doing this and experiencing this thing. Um, the next song we have on the list is Prom. And it's one that spoke to a lot of us. So we'll get-
So I think the conclusion we came to is that English is dumb. English but Prom is, is a great song. Prom is a great song. Yeah, uh, like we actually said this over the break, but one of the, my favorite things about the song is that it does tie into 20-something. Um, obviously, 20-something comes a little bit later, and it's a little bit higher, but this is talking about the beginning of that struggle, right? Like right when you first hit that struggle, let the winters fall down, let the years roll on, it's going to be fine, right before you hit into that 20-something struggle. Yep, and from a production perspective, this is kind of the outlier on the album, I think. Um, it's the pop song of the album. Everything else has been pretty soul R&B, um, broken down to like a vocal that maybe would come back to a, a hook or a chorus type thing, but never, never like the hook hook, where it's like, just a little bit, like on this one, you know? Um, and the production on it, you have, I think this is the only one that I heard that meshed a bunch of different elements together to create an atmosphere. Whereas everything else was like, this is the drums, this is the synth, and this is the vocal, and we're going to keep it really simple because that's what R&B does, that kind of thing. Um, and this one had this like atmospheric pad to it. It had the, um, the stereo vocals doing the callbacks on the chorus, and again, a hook that you sing over and over again, super catchy, I could sing it back to you right now type thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of showing a little bit more of her her range and what she can do. Um, it wasn't her single because, I mean, I guess that, that's not her thing, that's not what they're marketing her as, but I think this is the closest to like the mainstream top 40 radio that she has on this album. It's interesting too because uh, throughout it she uses a bunch of producers but uh, a mix of the same and in this song specifically she actually uses uh, the producers that she uses uh, a lot on her other songs so it's kind of them flexing as well in the sense that we can do more than just our Chicago based um, uh, hip hop Sean just dabbed to specifically (laughs) say dab on the haters okay I just want to let everybody know that that embarrassing event happened. (laughs) But the other exciting thing I think about the production is that out of not just all the songs, but it really much relates to like the title and the feel like you can fully engulf just with the, the sound and the music and the production and the instrumentation. It feels like you're in a foggy mood going to prom in like an 80s movie. Like I can totally feel like it's back to the future as they're going to the prom at that point, every but it, it again it keeps everything at a low chill vibe because like you're not in the prom yet you're like outside of the prom it's foggy you kind of hear the music in the background because you're you're walking through with your date that's not exactly what the lyrics are going with um but that's where my mind goes with the production and the uh, the music yeah I mean when we talk about transitioning that into something else um I I agree yeah and if if you're not outside a foggy prom night you're also walking through wizard of oz <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a beautiful transition victoria i've no, never seen one so done <laughs> done so well, well the same okay sorry i like it's called prom that's where i was coming prom, from which is awesome no 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 i i think they're both awesome like she's pulling in a lot of references here she's pulling in prom she never mentions prom but it gives this vibe and it makes you think back nostalgically up to like a high school time and thinking through like who I was then compared to who I am now, am I making progress? Um, but she has these references to Wizard of Oz. Everyone's laughing because I was 
so excited to share about them. <laughs> um, I was mostly laughing at your your transition, which was hilarious. It was seamless. <laughs> seamless. Nobody even noticed. It was so perfect. So hopping through poppy fields, dodging evil witches. These houses keep dropping everywhere. So it's kind of like Oz. It, that is attacking Oz you. Theme prom. <laughs> That's what it is. I figured. Uh, it out. You know what? I would not be surprised if we looked it up and her senior prom was Oz themed. That would be freaking hilarious. I do think uh, to, to take it. <laughs> Sorry, down a I didn't bit. mean to derail you there, Victoria. <laughs> no, I was just you know saying like it's not just uh, it's yeah, kind of this. It's this pot feel, but we're not super secure where we're at. It's kind of this foggy place. It's it's uncertain. Things keep changing, and like the whole theme of Wizard of Oz is wanting to be somewhere else, and then realizing the whole time you actually just wanted to go home. And I think that's a theme you see through the song, is that the whole time she doesn't feel like she's where she's supposed to be, and she's just yeah. kind of like floating through, traveling through Oz, trying to find her way home. Um, and then throughout the rest of your album, um, you get into other songs, Normal Girl and Twenty uh, Somethings, like we talked about, and she doesn't have a resolution, but her conclusion is that she's making her way to be who she's supposed to be yeah and uh that's how mariah felt at uh, prom all throughout high school just wanting true, to be true, 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 true. <laughs> uh to take it down a little bit wait can i just point out that greg said that purely based on the look on my face going well yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i mean it was so true to one point uh we were supposed to go to prom together, and uh, she uh, stayed home instead. I was grounded. Called <laughs> out! Called out! How could you do this? And to it Greg? was not prom. You went with me, but not Greg. That was senior year. <laughs> I was grounded. It wasn't prom because I didn't go to formal with Sean either because I was also grounded. So what wow. she's saying, she's but a I you have ghosted two Sadie people Hawkins. at this table. You have ghosted two people. And yet here people. we are. We're still all great friends. Get over it. <laughs> Uh, to take it down for a minute, one of the, my favorite runs in this song is the promise I'll get a little better as I get older. You're so you're so patient and sick of waiting. Promise to do better. Shoulda, coulda, probably want to let me go. And in this, she... It doesn't sound like she's talking to anybody in specific. Specifically, she sounds like she's talking to herself, right? And as we talk about how it relates to 20-somethings, and as we talk about uh, not being uncertain and being unsure, I think about probably maybe uh, every once in a while I think about hey what if I talk to 17 year old me 18 year old me would 17 year old or 18 year old me be proud of where I am and the decisions that I've made and sometimes the answer is not always just yeah a 17 and 18 year old me would be super happy with where I am right now right and that's not necessarily a happy ending and it plays well into that 20 something of yeah, sometimes you get there and you think about where you've been, where you came from, what your expectations were and what your dreams were, and you haven't necessarily met them, but you are still working at it. You're getting a little better every day. You're moving forward. You're making promises to yourself and doing the things that you can do, even when the rain's pouring, even when winters are settling on your shoulders and it's snowing and you're not happy with where you are right now. I love the idea that you can read the song as talking to someone else or talking to herself. Like the whole line, please don't take it personal. Um, it's just repeated throughout the song. It's it's maybe you're telling everyone else, like, don't take it personally. Like, I'm changing. I'm figuring out who I am. It could also be telling yourself, like, don't take it personally. Like, you don't, like, the very beginning of the song when she's fearing that she's not growing up. Like, am I not growing up enough? But then, like, don't take it personally, you know? Like, you're where you are. And it's coming from very, like, green, um, pretty, uh, just from a very green place where it's like she hasn't seen all the, the junk in the world yet. 
hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna work at this. Uh, forget the forget the future. The money will make it easier for me to run and hide somewhere. You know, um, where it's like she, she thinks that this success will come and it's gonna get easier as we go along, and therefore we're gonna make it, babe. Like that kind of thing. And it's it's like I'm gonna forget to call my mama this weekend, um, and because I can push further to where this is gonna get easier. I'm gonna get into like a slower pace of not slower, but like more relaxed pace of life, and that does not happen. I was right there in high school, too, and that does not happen. Yeah. You always think in high school that your life is only going to get better and only going to get better, and it's not to say that I think that high school was the best time of my life. Absolutely not. If you wanted me to go back to high school right now, I'd probably tell you to. I would rather walk off a short cliff, <laughs> <laughs> a tall cliff with a short walk. Or long, was it long walk off a of tall cliff? There we go. Got it. It took me a second. You mean a short walk off a tall cliff? No, long, long walk off a short, whatever the fuck. Anyway, um, point is that we're trying to kill ourselves. Apparently, yeah. yeah. If you but, if you took a long walk off a short cliff, you would just break your legs. Well, okay, hmm, fine. Wouldn't oh, be a very long walk short, after like, that. No, no, no. A short I'm thinking, walk off a tall cliff. Right, right, right. I was thinking short, I think like short distance right there. length. It's, it's a short walk off a tall cliff. There it is. I don't. No, it's a like long walk right. off. Yeah. I'm pretty know. sure it's a long walk off the of a short cliff. The point is, of that metaphor is to die quickly and not <laughs> think about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, you're going to die for sure and it's not going to take long. Yo, <laughs> so uh, we do not advocate suicide in any way, shape, no, or form on don't. this podcast. Ralph, Purely. continue your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> 0%. The point was is that yeah. if uh, I would don't want to go back to high school, um, where I am now, all the experiences that I've had have made me the person that I am today, and I'm happy with that person. But it's taken me a while to get there. And if you asked me in pre-20s and early 20-somethings, like, hey, do you feel like you know where you're going and what you're doing and where your plans are going to be? I would have told you, no, no way. And if you ask me that right now, the answer is still no, <laughs> no way. So it's not like I have a great solution for this. And, and I think that this, this song captures that idea perfectly. We talk about the foggy production, you know, like really setting this mood of, not knowing where you are. And when we specifically talk about the poppy field, we're talking about where um, she fell asleep, right? We're talking about when everybody in the Wizard of Oz fell asleep and they got lost and trapped um, until somebody had to come save them, right? Like that's not, it's not necessarily a fun time. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's really important, I think, to nail that. And she does. When we talk about her nailing very specific moods, it's it's definitely there in this this track. Yeah, we were talking about how different the sound feels, the song feels, and like the more pop feels to it, but it's still so much like SZA, and it's on this album, and it like very much fits the mood. So it's got a lot of the same themes we talked about, and it also has her. Um, I feel like by the end of the album, it's her iconic thing of cool outros, where she starts these new lyrics that you haven't heard at all, and it just fades out. It doesn't have any like big punchy pop ending that you want for like a radio single where it just like zeroes out on the voice or something. It just like kind of fades into the background and she sings about winter falling in and snow settling on her shoulders and you're just like, wait, what? Like I thought we were listening to a pop song and all of a sudden I'm like thinking about my life. What? Yep. <laughs> and then she's winter is coming. Oh my gosh, get out of here. Uh, I just want to have a small little anecdote about the the song. So. <coughs> In this song and in a couple others, I think two others, but I know specifically in Love Galore, she also has said, don't take it personal in a couple different places in her in her their album. And I think it's nice because it's like a reminder, we're always so apologetic for our behavior and we're always feel so, uh, yeah, Greg. We're also so apologetic about where we are in our life. I'll let you come back in a second. 
Um, and I feel like this is saying finish. don't take it personal is such a good way of learning to not be and to learn to accept where you are and help that helps everyone else accept who you are and where you are and learning to not apologize for your, be- your behavior or where you're at no matter the circumstances. We tease Greg because he often apologizes to us for bad things that we do to him. He's like, I'm sorry you were a jerk to me. And we not do. like in the sarcastic way that I just said it. He genuinely means it. And we're not saying that. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. Don't we do, do not, not deserve, deserve Greg. Greg. <laughs> <sighs> Sean and I counted down so we could say that at the same time. Let's get out of here. We were about to say it at the same time, but then Ralph interrupted Thanks, everyone. us. Thanks, so everyone. Um, this will be uh, the last uh, segment of the podcast <laughs> that I will be on. No. <laughs> We um, have more opinions about before your I start behavior. Dying, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay, I so want to be here for that. Before I start dying, we're going to transition into talking about kind of the rest of the album, hitting some highlights. I personally just want to hit real quick Pretty Little Birds. I think it's a fun inversion of your typical cast. She's talking about, you know, it seems like she's talking about the guy that she's dating, right? And typically when you're talking about uh, a pretty little bird, you're not talking about a dude. And she talks about how this person constantly hurts themselves trying to appeal to her, changing himself to do something for her. She said she likes gentle giants, so you spoke a little quieter. You keep hitting the window and coming back up of like really trying to be the person that that he can for her and that he keeps kind of breaking himself. Um, and it, it's great because the, the feature on that also talks about how it's like, hey, I don't fly as high as I used to anymore, but I still want to do it with you. I'm willing to put that effort in and go for it. Also, a great trumpet. The trumpet in that is so good. But yeah. I think, too, just a little thing, because she says also in it, she'll transition between saying pretty little birds and pretty little girls. So I think it's a combat of that's what it's like to be in a relationship is you're constantly in, I think, in a positive one, but also constantly in a toxic one. You'll constantly be breaking yourself for that other person. And that can happen for both people if you're just not meant to work that out, you know, if if you're just flat out not compatible. For sure, for sure. Uh, I know we all wanted to talk a little bit about the interlude. It's unfortunately short, I think, is how we all came to it. Is that we all really <laughs> like the interlude. jam. Uh, specifically, what we're talking about, it's called Wavy, and it's the interlude. It's really, really good. It's a great jam. Um, it comes in for like the last denouement of the album. I think there's only three songs after it that are all really, really good. And uh, it's, it's just a great minute of music. Yep. One of the other songs, I mean, it was radio popular, The Weeknd, we didn't really hit on much, but I thought it was super interesting, especially for how much popularity it got to be a kind of uh, polyamorous anthem in a way of like, um, I'm with this man and he's with another woman and we're all cool about it, maybe? Question mark? Mm, It's a complicated situation, but like for it to be a... (laughs) (laughs) um, I I just thought it was interesting to get so much radio play as it did for potentially a very like... Well, not potentially. A very like controversial subject. Usually, it's a song about I'm brokenhearted because my man has another woman instead of. She I doesn't am, seem angry about it. No, at all. like <laughs> I get the weekend. I'm your weekend. Um, also, I mean, uh, Justin Timberlake is uh, one of the writer credits because they sampled from his piece. Which yeah, is that cool. actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's really interesting uh, that yeah the sample they used was like the prelude section on, uh, called "Set the Mood." on uh, Future Sex uh, album. So it was, uh, it was really interesting how they broke it up and used it in there. And even in um, some of the, pre- or like her talking about her album and the song and stuff, she was just geeked out to be rapping over JT in that album. So it kind of <laughs> like, iconi- I'm making up words, iconified, like, you know, like 
the I'm in the studio. Like, <laughs> I'm in the studio. Like this is the coolest thing I can possibly do. Like I get to, uh, you know, sing a song over my favorite um, superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, another really interesting example I just kind of want to talk about with production. Um, Broken Clocks is a really cool song that I like a lot, and it um, samples uh, Daniel Caesar, who is a really cool um, R&B guitarist and singer. Um, so it's really neat using something modern where she's also pulling from other stuff. Um, again, she works with really, really cool uh, producers, drummers going from L.A. to Chicago. Um, and, and it makes sense, you know, amazing writing, amazing production. She got nominated for four Grammys plus Best New Artist out of this. And it went platinum, which is harder and harder to do now um, as record sales um Plummet. Plummet just on the way that we consume music now. Um, so that just means that this is worth more and more without having the big gigantic pop single. Also, it just kind of says more about the genre and where music is going, uh, which is really cool, too. Yeah. Uh, it's also important to note that when we were talking about like, hey, which songs do you want to talk about on this album? We picked 11 of them and it's a 14 track. <laughs> album. So we have lots of opinions about a lot of this album. <laughs> So I would like to talk about just the album as a whole, but I will specifically touch on two songs. Um, I mean, as a whole on this album, we talked about, yes, she's relatable um, and in a very specific way, but even more so, she's very specifically vocal about female insecurities, which is huge. And this really comes out in Drew Barrymore, and it comes out in Garden, to the point where she's saying things that I know, if you don't feel that exact thing there's every girl has and I'm sure every person but I only have the female perspective every girl has specific physical features they're insecure about and in garden she says you know I'm sensitive about having no booty and no body and it's like that's a real thing but feeling like you can vocalize that is difficult because you don't want to come off stupid or come off dumb or anything like that you know vocalizing your insecurities out like that is so risky just with everyone and the fact that she puts it in songs is huge you know and even with the weekend like she's talking about pretty sure she's talking about being a side chick not in a polyamorous relationship but either way it's this idea that she's comfortable with this situation but she does have in there she hints at this it's really subtle but she hints at this insecurity of wanting more and still needing more of this man who's not treating her well and she even says that she's like, you know, you call me and I'll be there if you're ready for me to take her place. I will be there. And that's huge because and then in another song in Drew Barrymore, she says, you know, we I get so lonely that um, I forget what I'm worth. And that's huge. And I feel like and it follows up from the weekend or no, maybe it's before the weekend. Point is, they tie in very well together. Um, and I think that's huge. This entire album is very, very uh good about vocalizing the specific female insecurities and that's extreme for me as someone who has them and especially coming from an artist like SZA because she's drop dead gorgeous she's got beautiful hair she's got a beautiful face she's got a great body and so she is a stereo like a stereotype for people that we look at and we're like how on earth could you have any insecurities but she still does because she's human and she's a relatable female that's able to be like yeah I'm sensitive about not having these things this is how I see myself it doesn't matter what other people tell me and I think that's absolutely huge and it's it's game-changing for women it's game-changing for young girls um, because it's 
a, she's vulnerable and honest in a way that is so difficult to be when you're a celebrity. It's hard to be it when you're not. And she comes out and is like, this is who I am. I'm honest about my issues. And I'm, you're going to be with me while I think of it all through, you know? And that's huge. I, I just want to actually quote that line from Drew Barrymore because it, it, it gets even heavier after what Absolutely. you just quoted. I get so lonely, I forget what I'm worth. We get so lonely, we pretend that this works. I'm, sure it's, I'm so ashamed of myself, I think I need therapy. Like... That's exactly what you're talking about, but it, get, right. it gets a lot heavier than. We and do. and that, can you clarify with me? Does that song come after the weekend? It's before. It's, it's before. before the weekend. But you can tell she's talking about the same relationship because she, at the beginning of Drew Barrymore, he's like, she's like, oh, you brought your new girlfriend. She's perfect with her new friends and her mom jeans. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I fucking hate her. Like <laughs> that's her whole thing. So it is. I think they totally tie in together. She's talking about the same relationship, and it's trying to be comfortable with knowing your self worth that you don't give yourself these opportunities to hurt yourself and that's totally what's happened and it's it's beautiful to me the entire album is beautiful for those reasons because it's so honest and unapologetic and it's raw for her her other albums and her features and stuff have always been a little bit more um filtered in a way for lack of a better word and fun like even her singing style and other things have been very different and this is a very raw honest album right i'm coming from my first introduction to her was maroon five what lovers do which is like the the super happy like yeah we're gonna dance this and it's gonna get stuck in my head all day type (laughs) thing versus this which is a whole lot deeper we've gotten how we've gotten a lot of time just talking about how relatable how deep she this album is but it's so important to be as an artist i feel like you have to be relatable maybe you don't have to be but i think it's super important if you want to be influential in this especially to millennials is to be relatable and she nails that 100 percent. yeah i i think we could talk about this album forever probably and we've talked a lot about this album um but i do want to hit some other things before we wrap it up here one of the things we always want to talk about are some alternate songs or alternate albums that we would hit before that would match kind of the same theme. For me personally, I, I got to cheat a little bit on this because one of the artists that I enjoy rebranded under a new name and released an album that actually just has all of my favorite singles from him on it. <laughs> so if you've ever heard of Eden or the Eden Project, he went from the Eden Project into being Eden and then released an album called I Think You Think Too Much of Me, which has his best EP and then his best singles on it that are all super chill, really easy to listen to and kind of groove really well, especially as like a background noise. They're a little more... Um, exciting is the wrong word they're just slightly less uh they have more dynamic than a lot of what we've been talking about before but i still would really enjoy just kind of having it on in the background at a at a cabin what about you greg you got one for me yeah um i think whenever i think of cabins i i always go to uh bony bear um his uh first solo record he did uh fully in a cabin um by himself with just an acoustic guitar and his vocals um, came out with Skinny Love, but my favorite album of his uh, is the self-titled uh, Bon Iver. Um, anything in that uh, just has a real earthy um, production. It's a little bit bigger than just acoustic and vocals, um, but he he gets out there with the instrumentation, with the arrangements, um, but still keeps it minimal, still keeps it like in the woods. It's super interesting. Um, the other really cool thing is he has stuck to his roots. Like his studio is in the middle of Minnesota. He he lives there and does all his production there and like hires and brings in guys 
and his band and his friends to come and record there. So everything has a very cabinish feel. So that's that's where I always go. Neat. I like it. Mariah, you got a second one? Just so everybody knows, Mariah's the one that kind of suggested this album and, and spearheaded it for us. So um, would, would. Anyway, do you have another one for <laughs> I us? I do. Um, this album specifically, too, I've been listening while we've been in this cabin, so it felt only appropriate to recommend it. Um, but it's Liquid Spirit by Gregory Porter, who is, he just won an, a Grammy for jazz. I almost said an Emmy, and I was like, that's not right, that's reacting. Um, a Grammy for jazz. He's actually a Bakersfield artist, um, but he's really, really talented. Specifically, this album, um, for me, it's along the same lines as what we've been talking about, because lyrically, like musically, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful, but lyrically, um, it's also, it airs on that introspective side of things where you're reflecting on your internal struggle and that's really important to me so that's why I would recommend this album Liquid Spirit by Gregory Porter <laughs> thanks what about you Victoria what you got for me um, my recommendation is the Fleet Foxes album Crack Up it's one of their more recent ones or maybe the most recent one and um, I actually sat in a window as it rained and listened to the whole thing from start to finish and it felt very cabiny except I was in an apartment in Chicago, but <laughs> I can imagine I was it. in a cabin. Made you want to be in a cabin. But I wished I was in a cabin. Um, as I've mentioned, like what I love about introspective albums like this that you can just like listen through and like musically transition seamlessly from one to the next song. There might be some hits that get pulled out, but Fleet Fox has really made an album that needs to be listened to start to finish. If you're in your cabin, you've got plenty of time to do it. Yeah. And what about you, Sean? What you got uh, to take us out. Man of the Woods. By uh, just kidding. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, Multiply by Ed Sheeran was my honorable mention. Um, I think again, like the the wood decoration interior type stuff of cabins, and like it, it lends itself to like the folky thing. And I feel like Ed Sheeran's got that with fantastic lyrics to look through and be introspective on. Um, that's that's my favorite album by him. Follow closely by Divide, but Multiply has some really solid songs to just like sit and listen to an acoustic guitar and a vocal, and I mean think about life or at least feel what he's feeling through the songs. Fantastic lyrics. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I think we are all really excited. We were super excited to do this podcast. Uh, it's funny, Mariah didn't actually know she was going to be on it. She thought she was just going to throw this album at us. Um, but I'm glad that she, we changed that for her because I don't think there's any way we could have talked about this album without the both of you on it. <laughs> so there was no chance at all for us to be able to do it without you guys. And I'm really glad that she came on. Um, I'm, I'm glad you've come to accept that about your life. You're never coming on again. <laughs> <laughs> I live in California. That's okay with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's been really fun having both of you guys. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves one more time. Uh, start with you. All right. Um, Mariah Bathe on Facebook. I'm Mariah Jordan. Don't look me up though, please. No, you can't. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I. That's who I am. Mm. Did you want me to? No, you're just doing that with your hands. I thought you were telling me to stop talking. Oh I, Mariah no. Bathe, I'm artist, writer, and avid SZA fan. Also actress. Kind of. Also actress. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually the most, the most prominent of the three. I just out of said. everything that you listed, actress would be the, the most important. Uh, and teacher, technically. Yeah. I'm Victoria. I'm completely private on social media, so good luck finding me. Um, but yeah, I'm a uh, classical clarinetist. Also, by day, I write and create web content because clarinet doesn't pay. But, <laughs> 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 wow, I got a little me. real there. 
Uh, I've been really introspective today. So, um, anyways, thanks for having me. It's been fun. <laughs> okay, and then uh, go ahead. I'm Greg Bruick. Um, you can find me at Greg the Great on Instagram. Uh, I, I am a audio engineer, drummer, and a beat maker some days. And you can find him at Greg Bruick on Twitter. Like we discovered the last time we did one of these. <laughs> the last Remember? time we, we discovered guys make one for him. No, I discovered a Twitter podcast? that I hadn't posted anything on in like three years. Yeah, so you should start to, especially when people follow you. So I'll just uh, post all the things I do on Instagram onto Twitter, which is about once that is every other ninety percent of Twitter accounts. <laughs> so you're not just that disappoint far behind. the public. It's not a big deal. <laughs> you don't have a Twitter. All right, we're done with you. I do. You don't post. I. <laughs> and I am to the right of Greg Bruick. Sean Goff, G-O-U-G-H. You can find me on Instagram at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, underscore S-V, producer, engineer, and soon-to-be artist in town. What, what? What, what? Me and Greg are working on a track. It's fire. It's great. Greg is a fantastic beat maker, producer, and Sean's carrying it. I second that. I want to point out that I didn't get to hear this track until this weekend when they showed it to our two guests, and I was like, wait, you have a track? I think this Yeah. We, it happened it. like Last literally week. a week ago. It happened. Tops. We've recorded two episodes since then, and you've not told me anything. Uh, literally, also, when we listened to that mix, that was the first time I heard that mix in front of everyone. As well, so, because your we just recorded the vocal. Are lame. Also, I feel like this goes back to my previous statement about how the majority of people in high school and probably in the stable still prefer Sean over you. So oh, like, <laughs> shut <laughs> your freaking mouth. <laughs> Hello. On that note. I'm Ralph Harris, cool person extraordinaire. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at, at the ninth Ralph. You know I love you. And Instagram at Ralph Harris IX. And uh, thanks for joining us, ladies. Hopefully we'll have more guests in the future. This has actually been super fun. So maybe pulling more guests would be fun. Um, I like it. And we'll look for another episode next week. Thanks, guys. Peace. Deuces. <laughs>